No, no, no. Good morning. morning. There it is. Welcome to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. Well, we are worshiping Jesus Christ. We're living out the Father God's love, and we're transforming community by the Holy Spirit. Um, We've got a couple announcements for us. One of them is next week is Father's Day. There'll be a couple surprises as usual around here. Nothing huge. We won't blow up anything. Um, This is the first Sunday of Ordinary Time. That's why the green got switched. That's why I switched to this little Christ candle right there. I think that's kind of appropriate for ordinary time. We'll break out the Christ candle maybe next Sunday. Um, what else do I got? Well, there's all kinds of stuff in this thing. We got um, Operation Christmas Child. There's still stuff coming through the month. Uh, we got games and crafts. Saturday, July 8th, July 9th. There it is. Habitate for Humanity. We got some prayer points. Um, what else is happening? Anybody else got anything? That's actually uh, 
Brian and Caden's last Sunday before they move out to Florida. Uh, I'm going to miss you guys like crazy. And uh, let's pause right now and just pray over their journey. God, I just thank you so much for all the joy and all the love that um, Leahy Jr. family, I guess we'll call him, brings around this, fam- around this church family. I pray that as, he, uh, as they change chapters, that you would walk with them and continue to be their God as they walk into this joyous season of remarriage and new life and resurrection life on the East Coast. And all God's people said, let's stand up and greet one another with the fist bump. What about them apples? All right, if you're standing, please remain so. If you're seated and able, would you please join me in standing as I call us to worship? Our call to worship from lectionary text this morning comes from Psalm 33, verses 1 through 3. And I'm going to be reading from the, the Passion Translation. It's time to sing and shout for joy. Go ahead, all you redeemed ones, do it. Praise him with all you have. And for praise looks lovely on the lips of God's people. Play the guitar as you lift your praises loaded with thanksgiving. Play the organ as well. I added that. Sing and make joyous music with all you've got inside. Compose new melodies that release new praises to the Lord. Play his praises on instruments. With the anointing and skill he gives you, sing and shout with passion. Make a spectacular sound of joy. Let's make a spectacular sound of joy this morning as we sing all creatures to God and King.
to remember our Lord Jesus can sympathize with us in our weaknesses since in every respect he was tempted as we are. In humility and penitence we bow before our God turning from behavior that is shameful in God's sight remembering our human frailty we pray together our confession. Almighty God, you love us, but we have not loved you. You call, but we have not listened. We walk away from neighbors in need, wrapped in our own concerns. We condone evil, prejudice, warfare, and greed. God of grace, help us to admit that, so that as you come to us in mercy, we may repent, turn to you, and receive forgiveness. Through Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. Amen. In John's Gospel, Jesus said, I will certainly not reject anyone who comes to me. God forgives all who come. And we welcome that hope. And it is because of this that I can give you the assurance.
that in Jesus Christ we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Please stand. What it holds a mystery, unrevealed until its season, something God alone can see. In our end is our beginning. In our time, affinity. In our doubts, there is believing. And in our life, eternity. In our death, a resurrection. At last, a victory. Unrevealed until its season. Something God alone can see. Something yet unknown, which God alone can see.
beautiful, beautiful. Well, this is our second sermon in our summer series, um, Shuffle Play. And by I mean that, it's over the summer. Everybody in here remember Disc Men? Yes or no? The young ones have left out CDs, compact discs, anybody? Yeah, the, those Disc Men, you know? And you remember they had that button that you would push? It was shuffle play. But it was only like 10 songs on the CD. And it would drain the battery like... Anyway, that's another sermon. We're just shuffling through the lectionary texts. The lectionary texts over the summer. And I looked through them a couple months ago. And I worked my way through them. And there were the texts that popped out. The texts that I wanted to preach on or the Spirit drew me to. Um, and we're looking at Genesis today. We're looking at Genesis. And I remember I worked in San Antonio, First Presbyterian Church of San Antonio, and it's four blocks north of the Alamo. And there was a parish associate, a guy named George Sturch. Um, everybody remember, everybody have a character in, you remember Pat Riley? Picture Pat Riley with white hair. Just that slick back, like really handsome, older gentleman, had a booming voice, a little like Lloyd Ogilvy. His voice was actually a little like Lloyd Ogilvy's, which is, anybody know who that is? He had the, he's called the voice of God. He had that booming voice. George, similar in that way. And I would learn all kinds of wisdom. He was a parish associate, and he would, I would always sit next to him and just learn stuff from him. And I remember... Somebody was doing a staff devotional on um, early Genesis. I don't, I don't remember the text. But George turned to me and said, um, I think I could live with just the first half of Genesis, and that's it. And, just the, and live off the Gospels as an oral tradition. You learn everything. Everything that's to be taught in the Bible is taught in the first 25 chapters of Genesis. And I was a young buck then. It's an older gentleman. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, no way. (laughs) You know? Um, But I challenge you, as I've gotten older and wiser and as I've grown in years and studied scriptures, it's all there. Reverend Dr. George Sturch is all there. It's, he, I think he's correct. Um, and we're going to be looking at chapter 12. So this is the call of Abram. Genesis chapter 12. I'm going to start in verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land I will show you. I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you, and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot with him. Abram was 75 
years old when he departed from Haran. Abram took his wife, Sarah, and his brother's son, Lot, and all the possessions that they had gathered, and the persons whom they had acquired in Haran, and they set forth to go to the land of Canaan. When they had come to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place at Shechem, to the oak of Morah. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram. And the Lord said, To your offspring I will give this land. So Abram built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he moved on to the hill country on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and invoked the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed on by stages toward the Negev. This is the word of the Lord. Please pray with me. God, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for today. I pray that you would preach your truth and your words through my mouth. I pray that my words would drop to the ground and be forgotten, and your words would change us today and forevermore. And may all of God's people say, first of all, um, watching a television show, Netflix, called uh, Sweet Tooth. This isn't a homework assignment. Uh, there's a narrator. Uh, his name is Brolin. He's the older one. There's James Brolin and there's Josh Brolin, the actor family, you know. Um, James Brolin's this old, raspy voice, tough as nails. And he opens a couple episodes with this... Um, Different stories have different beginnings. This is the beginning of Gus's journey. And I almost heard his voice as I'm reading this text, as I was preparing for this text. This is the beginning of our journey as the people of God. Yes, the Bible begins at Genesis 1, creation and fall and all that. But this is the beginning of the people of God and the relationship with God the maker. He's been going through and having prophets, but Abraham's the absolute, this is the first place where We're a part of the story. We're a part of God's story. Who in here grew up singing, Father Abraham had many sons, many sons had Father Abraham? Nobody? Oh, yeah, I got a couple of people. Let's do it again. Father Abraham had many sons, 
Many sons I'd rather Abraham, and I am one of them, and so are you. So let's all thank the Lord, right arm, left foot. Remember they would do that. It was like a version of hokey pokey meets worship. But it teaches an amazing principle. Father Abraham is our father. Is our, we are part of this promise. That God comes and says, Abraham, I'm going to make a people group out of you, from you. And he later says, it'll outnumber the sand on the ground and it'll outnumber the stars in the sky. I was walking on the beach just the other day and just looking at the sand, not only that, I was, there was, it was one of those big sand crab days. There was tons of sand crabs. And as the water was out, you could hear, and it was... I was thinking about all those sand crabs and how they're bigger than sand. Abram's right at this beginning. So this is our story. That's my first point. This is our story. What's my second point? The call of God is tough. It's tough in a lot of ways. Right? Have you ever read Les Mis? <laughs> People giggle. <laughs> no, that's way too big. I'd watch the movie. I'll watch the musical. I won't read the book. The book has this amazing section. It's right after the priest claims him back from sin. And there's two or three chapters where Jean Valjean is wrestling with the truth that he cannot unlearn that God loves him. He can't hand back grace. He can't be a thief anymore. He's been bought. It's news that is, it sets him free and it changes him to the, in many people's minds, the greatest male figure in literature. That's what Victor Hugo was going after when he wrote Jean Valjean. And I think he comes close to realizing it. And I think that's one of my key, I think that's one of the key parts of it, is wrestling with the rubber meeting the road and the, the boots on the ground, truth that it's difficult. It's hard. How is, how is this hard, Jason? What, what, look, you're reading the same text. Why, why is it different? Abram's 75 years old. 75. Who in here is 75 or older? Who in here, culture kind of says, nah, your journey's over. You get to relax. Go play some golf, put your feet up, watch some ESPN or cooking channels or nature channels. That's my dad. My dad's into history. What's God say? 
God says, your journey's just beginning, bro. He doesn't surf. I don't think he speaks like a surfer. Sorry about that. <laughs> your journey is just beginning. You need to, what is, what is it? Get up from where you are. Notice the from. Where your roots are. Where you're comfortable. Where you know where everything is. Who in here knows where everything is in their house? That's not me. (laughs) My wife does. All that. Leave from that. And go. Go where? I'll show you. Excuse me, Lord? (laughs) No. You don't know where. I'll show you. What's the motive? What's the motive? It starts with a B, ends with a less. Bless. God says numerous of times, I will bless you. But what really gets Abram moving is, I will bless your family. You will be a blessing. Then we get to the text where Abram went. Soren Kierkegaard says, the greatest moment of human faith Human faith. Jesus' faith being fully God, fully man, kind of categorically pulls him out of this race. But the greatest moment of human faith in all of history is when Abram, with fear and trembling, goes up to save or goes up to sacrifice his one and only son Isaac, just a few chapters later in this book. I agree with Kierkegaard, and I also, I see that faith here. I was reading a book by Beekner, The Alphabet of Grace, and he talks about our feet. He says, look at your feet. Look at your feet. If you want to see what a person believes, watch their feet. Watch where they go. Watch what they do. You get a clear understanding that Abram, from the get-go, from the beginning, is this amazing man of faith. He hears God's voice, and he goes. He follows. He, he just steps one foot in front of the other and starts walking. Yes, Lord, you fill in the question. I'm going. As he's on the move, what happens? The Lord appears to him. He first hears his voice, then he sees him. And he's got a different type of relationship than even Moses. Do you remember Moses, the burning bush? 
and then later he can't even look at God, otherwise his head will explode or something, it'll catch on fire. Remember, he has to pass behind him, and it glows. Abram is on this other level from the get-go. He's got this amazing faith and this amazing relationship with God the Father, the Creator. And he sees him. And then God says some even more powerful blessings. He says, now I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless your kids and everybody in the world, all of world history will be changed through you. Pause for a second. We're, we've, I've talked a little bit about anthropology, like the, the study of man. Like this, we get this amazing picture of man, right? Abram with this amazing faith. Uh, faith. Probably had an amazing face too, but amazing faith. What about the theological side? What does this teach us about God? How about I answer? Uh, Malia hates when I ask questions. <laughs> Are you okay with this question? What is this? No, she says no. Okay, I won't go on. <laughs> I'll stop that question. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to listen to you at every point, okay? I think it's really important to look at this because who's the main character in this? Yeah. Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit. Humans aren't. We always read this and we're like, how does this apply to me? How does this apply to me? What does this teach me about God? It should be in the back of our mind as we're reading every one of these texts. Because we're looking at this text, getting to know the author. Getting to know the creator. Getting to know the director, the producer. Getting to know, looking through this lens at the other side of it. So far in Genesis, we've learned that he's created everything. And he's spoken into existence. And then he creates humans. Because it's not good to be alone, right? Then humans make the decision, we want to be God rather than God be God. God lets us have free will. And there's all kinds of roadblocks in that, right? Noah's got some crazy situations, Cain and Abel, all that stuff. Comes to Abram. He's been waiting since that day for the right person to show up. And I have to argue, it probably is Abraham and Sarah, because you'll find out later she's pretty amazing as well. He's waiting for the right people to show up. And he's been chomping at the bit to love his creation. To love his pinnacle, his masterpiece work of art. Paul calls us his great poema. We're all poems written by the Father. He can't wait to be with us. And he's been chomping at the bit, and Abraham shows up. I don't know why he waits 75 years, but he waits 75 years, and he says, boom, I'm coming after everyone. I'm coming after everyone, and it's going to happen through you. 
I think I've told this before, but Eugene Peterson, he passed away a couple years. His son speaking a eulogy at his, at his memorial. He said, I figured my dad out by the time I was 25. My dad preached one sermon. And this was it. God made you. God loves you. God's coming after you. And God is relentless. He preached it in all these different ways. That's this sermon. That's this point theologically. God has been going like this. Okay, let me loose, let me loose. And all of a sudden Abram shows up at the right person, right time. He says, I'm about to open a can. Boom, I'm coming through into this world. And Elaine's sitting right there. I'm sorry to point you out. I hate Malia's like, stop throwing people under the bus. <laughs> Fill your name in right there. We're here because of this moment. This is just recapping theologically that this is our story. Let's finish this text so you can get, get some applications. Um, what's Abram do? Right? First, top of the thing, Abraham is synonymous with faith. We've, just, we've learned that already, right? God says go, he goes. What's he do after God shows up and speaks to him? He worships. He worships, and there's not a part of him that isn't grateful. Insert Danny's sermon about gratitude, about that's what it's all this, is, this whole thing's about. It's all about God being amazing and us being grateful. Right? He drops to his face, and he drops to his knees, and he starts to build an altar. And he says, this, this is for that time that you saved me from that test I didn't have to take. And then this is for that time that you showed up. This is for that time that you gave me a son. This is for that time you gave me a bride. This is that time that you said, I'm going to be there for you even in the darkness. This is for that time you just showed up and you said, everything is going to come and the world history is going to change through me. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I believe it's going to happen and I'm going to build a stone so I never forget. And there's going to be a pile of rocks here forever that will point to the truth that God showed up on this day and changed the world. Sorry, Philip. The sound guy is like, why is he yelling? That's why I'm yelling. Joy, gratitude, worship. What's the chief end of men? I love this. You guys, you guys, A plus, if everybody didn't hear it, it's from the Shorter Westminster Catechism, chief end of men. What, is, what, is human, what were human beings built for? And the early church says, worship, church, worship God and enjoy him forever. What do you think Abram's doing at the top of that mountain? He's worshiping God 
and he's enjoying it. A lot of fear, a lot of rough stuff, but in the end, faith is it. Faith is that connection with this God that'll make everything fit like a puzzle when it seemingly doesn't. Apply this. Apply this to you, apply this to me, apply this to this church. Have you noticed we're dwindling? I think that's in part because we're not willing to let go of what has been. We're not willing to let go of our comfort. I think the application is this text is you hearing from me and me hearing from me through this text right here. Faith. Have faith. I've never let you down before. I never will in the future. Even though it seems like it's... Abram's 75. How old is he until he has his son? There's a bunch of guesses. A bunch of, there's an answer in here somewhere. Somebody else look it up. I think he's around 90. I think there's 20 years of him going, Hey, how come this place is dwindling? How come this place doesn't look like it's going to have any life? How am I supposed to outnumber the stars when I can't even have one darn child? Like, there's some logic here problems here, Lord. You know, he's probably had some serious conversations like we're having now. Patience and faith. And then what are the other anchors? Worship. Worship when he does show up. Worship when there's victories, small, little, anywhere in between. First time since I've been a pastor here, I got a call this week from somebody in this congregation that said, I want to start a, I want to start a discipleship group. That's an altar to be built. That's an altar, Right? We place those rocks and we don't forget. Any other applications I missed? I think that's the big one. I think we should also remember this is our story. Really, who in here has been encouraged by Cornell on a really deep level once or twice? Mine happened a couple weeks ago. Sorry to throw you under the bus, Cornell, but his, his words are few and far between, but they're always deep and they're always meaningful and timely. A couple weeks ago, I was feeling like we were out a ship out at sea. And he came to me and said, I've been here a while. And these seas look familiar. We've been here before. This isn't the first storm that's hit PCC. The pandemic's not the game changer. It's, the pandemic's not the game ender. It's just a ripple. And God has us. God is going to carry us through. 
and make the way forward apparent and clear. I commend you this morning. Continue to worship with everything you've got. Continue to be grateful for everything he's given. And continue to have faith. And I'll end it there. And I'll pray. God, I just thank you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for this, your local outpost of your kingdom. I pray that we, like Abraham, would trust you at your word. That you'd be able to, the world would be able to look at our feet and see what we believe. I pray that we would live into the truth that this is our story. That you have us. Continue to keep us grateful. Lord, once again, we come to the end of ourselves. Drop it all and follow you. And all God's people said, if I rattled something loose, and if you want to pray after the service with me, I'll do the benediction. I'll greet a couple people, and then I'll hang out out here. Uh, I'll move back up here. If any of my elders are around and want to join me, so be it. Um, let's continue in worship and sing Leaning on the Everlasting Arms. ago session met and said hey we can have people pass the plates and then I stood up here and said we don't have anybody to pass the plates 
And so I said, if anybody's willing to help us pass the plates, talk to me after the service. And today I'll say that again. I will say I have two. We need four. Or we should probably have five just because maybe somebody will get sick. And I'll put this in. Anybody having trouble lately making it to church, talk to me afterwards. You sign up to be an usher. You have to be here. <laughs> right? You can trick yourself that way. Um, but honestly, we have so much to be grateful for. Amen? Amen. Um, yeah. Can I do just a short testimony? Absolutely. We should give her a mic, though. Hold on, sir. I know, but there's, there's all kinds of sound problems in this. If you ever want to do a fun experiment, sit different places on Sunday. If you ever want to like lose your hearing, sit around here, because this is like built like a sound bowl. That's why the whole choir, when the band starts playing, it starts going... Boom, boom. It's, it sounds like you're in the bass drum over there, but that's another sermon. Marcia. Last night I was inviting... Okay. Last night I was invited to a surprise party for a gal who turned 65, and some of you will remember the family. It was Debbie Sue Hempstead, and um, we had a group of about a dozen people. Most of them were, came from this church, this local outpost, and they are following the Lord. They are loving the Lord, and it's because of this outpost that they are walking today um, with Christ, and it was just such a blessing. And then we have a big list of a reunion list that includes a lot more people who are from this outpost. Um, and so we were talking, well, what's happened to who? You know, this person, this person. And the majority of those youth are still walking with the Lord at 65, 70s. That probably counterbalances my yelling in the, my sermon, right? But I think that's truth, right? Because it's both and. We definitely need to praise God. We need to care about how God has worked here in the past and what God has taught us. But as you see in this text, the church isn't church if, if it isn't moving. I remember in my Acts class, every single time we met as a class... The professor stood in front of the class and said, the church is, and he would point, and everyone would say, mission. Ready? The church is, we don't do missions, we are mission. The church is, and as we gather our tithes and our offerings, this goes towards that mission, and that mission is to love people the way we've been loved by God through Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. This morning, I'm going to pray over the offering. Edson, he's, he was first on my list, by the way. Round of applause, please, for Edson. This is him. He's going to be taking the offering. We're just going to do it with one person. Everybody wait for it. Yeah. Edson, you, isn't he beautiful? I love that guy. Uh, ordained elder up in L.A. Looked for closest Presbyterian church. 
showed up here during COVID, started worshiping, joined the church. I said, hey, would anybody be willing to bring up the offering so I could pray over it? Edson said, that's no problem. I've, I've taught Bible studies. I've been an elder. I've, I've actually preached at churches. Um, anywho, pause and reflect on the person to your right and to your left. Praise God for that person. And I'm going to pray over this. God, I just thank you so much for the ways you take care. The ways you creatively show up. Not before, not after, just right on time. I pray over these tithes, these offerings, these gifts. I pray that you would use them mightily to assist to assist in us screaming at the top of our lungs about how much we are loved by you. And all God's people said. In February of this year, 
in a town called Ashbury, Kentucky, the Spirit of God came and rested heavily on a small chapel in a Christian college. And he brought a revival with him. For 250 hours, people came. The students came. The town came. People from the southeast came. People from other states came. And people came from around the world to witness this revival. People are hungry for God. Join me. Join your session as we pray for a revival here at PCC in Costa Mesa, next to the high school, next to the college, where people, business people, pass every day to go to work, where people come to enjoy our fair. Why not here? Dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, you keep yourself in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. Standing on this promise of faith and prayer as recorded in Jude, let us take our prayers and petitions to our Most High God. Please pray with me. Holy, merciful, and mighty God, when the world around us seems almost too much to endure, we pause to bear witness and to speak aloud in faith that you, Lord, are more than capable of handling our crises. For you are with us. Who can be against us? We pause to bear witness and speak aloud in faith that you, Lord, are merciful and loving, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, forgiving our iniquities and transgressions. Lord, may we be an Acts 431 people that when we pray, the place where we gather together, the very ground that we stand on will be shaken and filled with the Holy Spirit so that when we speak the word of God, we will do so in boldness. Oh, Lord, we pray for a revival. Come here that your spirit would rest heavy on this place and draw people thirsty for you. Draw your people from far and near that they may find you here in this place. We thank you in advance for all that you are doing in each of our lives personally and in the life of our church and in this community. May we glorify and honor you with our words and deeds today, tomorrow, and always. Father, we pray for a world in need of a Savior. We continue to lift our prayers for Ukraine and the Ukrainian people. Lord, be with each one according to their needs. 
supply them with their most basic essentials of food, shelter, and safety. Thwart the offenses of the aggressor and end this war in the powerful name of Jesus the Christ. May it be so. Father, we pray for our neighbors in Canada that by your spirit you would quench the wildfires from burning any further and heal any damage caused by breathing in the acrid smoke. We pray for the winds to cease. We pray for the rain to come. And we pray for the hundreds, if not thousands, of firefighters battling these raging wildfires. Keep them safe and multiply their efforts to extinguish the flames and calm the land in Jesus' name. As a community of faith, we lift up our congregation and we pray for your favor. Lord, bless our pastors. Lord, bless our elders. Lord, bless our deacons and all those who faithfully serve. May we continue to grow in our love for you and in our love for one another. Help us to be a light in our community by worshiping you, Jesus, by living out God's love, and by transforming our community through you, O Holy Spirit. Merciful Father, we pray for those who are experiencing pain, sorrow, or uncertainty. Comfort them with your presence and surround them with your love. Bring healing to the sick, strength to the weary, and hope to the discouraged. We lift up Jim and Kevin to you as they face their health challenges. May they feel your very presence with them, comforting them, healing them. We pray for wisdom for their doctors and healing for their bodies. Use us, Lord, to be instruments of your peace and bearers of your love to those in need. Lord Jesus, thank you that you are almighty God, that you hold the universe in your very hands and yet tend to the needs of your people. Help us to trust you absolutely with our lives. Help us by your spirit to have faith in you, even when what we see does not agree with your word. Today, Lord, today we declare that we choose to believe you. Today we declare that we choose to trust you. Today we choose to have faith in your word, in Jesus' name. We continue praying as you taught your disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Please stand if you are able as we sing, Great is Thy Faithfulness.
Are you glad you came today? Yes. Me too, man. I, as part of my job as a pastor, I pointed out when the Spirit shows up, and the Spirit showed up. And I, uh, Marsha, thank you for chiming in just perfectly. And as Amy was praying, I grew up on the East Coast. Everybody knows I grew up all over the place, but I grew up in Massachusetts primarily, and Jonathan Edwards is a big name around there. And some, as I grew up, I, I, I started to learn more and more about him. He was really even-keeled, and he would preach just straight manuscript. And as he was preaching, just reading like monotone almost, uh, revival would break out. People would start crying. And, and most people think it happened during sermons, but actually the majority of the time it came during his written pastoral prayer time. And the spirit would fall. And I, I just had this vision of us caring for each other like we do. This is a family. I don't know if this is your first Sunday around these parts. You're going to find out quick. These people are really good at loving. Um, we're caring. And then there's this flourishing. Somehow opening. I, I almost envision like this place opening in the roof like a transformer of just uh, just like this cross. This cross has designs. Its, its arms are like this. Like it's inviting to hug, but then opening again. And hug, hug, you know. Um, anywho, thanks for being an amazing team. And this goes to everybody. Sharon, Amy, Cornell, choir, phenomenal. Worship band, phenomenal. Um, receive this benediction and come next week. We're going to do Father's Day. Uh, we're going to be preaching on the prodigal God, and I take that. It's not the prodigal son story. It's the prodigal God story. I stole that from Tim Keller. Rest in peace, Tim. Um, but come and find out what that's about. But for now, receive this morning's benediction. May God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and keep you. And may the peace of Christ, which transcends all understanding, Guard your hearts and your minds today, tomorrow, and forevermore. Let it be so. Amen.